Hello, hello, hello. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. If you share a pipeline goal with your sales team, then you care about the deliverability of your team's outbound emails. No email visibility means no chance to get that meeting. This is the silent nightmare for marketers. We often don't even know that this is happening. The most common cause of it, it's actually an easy one to fix. You're not using the right tool. That's why hundreds of marketers at companies like Mutiny are switching to Apollo.io. Apollo has every tool you need to power your entire outbound and inbound motions. Yep, that's right. I said inbound emails too. You can ask their team about what that is. Marketers using Apollo have seen outbound email deliverability jump from 62% to 98% after making the switch. 98%, that means more replies, more meetings, and of course, more pipeline. Want to see what type of results you can get with Apollo? Head over to apollo.io slash e5, apollo.io slash e5. If you go there right now, their team will set you up with a free account for you. And as a thank you for your time, check this out. You're going to get a free annual membership to Exit 5. That's valued at $275 just for checking them out. And the tool is free. If you're not already a member, this is a great opportunity. And if you are and you want to learn more, go to apollo.io slash e5. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by DemandWell. DemandWell is the best SEO solution for B2B SaaS marketers. They've helped customers like Lessonly drive 40% of their revenue from organic search, and they help Terminus make organic search their number one source of demos. Here's how it works. Number one is results. Demandwell is built for driving the outcomes that B2B marketers care about. Demand, traffic, leads, and revenue. Number two is ease and control. Junior team members can follow recommended steps right in the platform, while experts can customize and maintain full control over their work. Number three is speed. With everything in one platform, Demandwell helps you crank out content that ranks and drives leads in minutes rather than hours. SEO expert or not, you can give Demandwell a try and listeners of the Exit 5 podcast can get a free competitive SEO audit to see just how you're ranking relative to the competition. Go to demandwell.com backslash FOMO, that's F-O-M-O, and you can get a free SEO consultation today right from Demandwell, that's demandwell.com backslash FOMO, F-O-M-O, and you'll get a free SEO consultation today. One, two, three, four, Exit. five. Exit. Exit. Hey, I uh, have something a little different for you on this episode of the Exit 5 podcast. This was a conversation with myself, Colin White, who is head of demand gen at Clearbit. Tara Robertson, who is Senior Manager of Demand Gen at Chili Piper, and Matthew Ferris, who is Senior Sales Director for Strategic Accounts at Bombora. We recorded about an hour conversation for a session with Clearbit called Marketing Sales. That's clearbit.com. If you go clearbit.com slash resources slash series slash marketing sales, I'll link it. You can go and check it out. They're doing a cool thing. I don't know why I tried to read that URL. I'm just going to put it in the show notes. But we had a conversation and I thought it was a really good one focused on sales. And there was a lot that came up about sales and marketing alignment. And midway through we were recording and I scribbled to myself on my notepad. I would love to have this audio and run it on the Exit 5 podcast because this type of stuff comes up a lot. And I thought that we had some helpful answers for people based on questions that I see come up a lot. So I reached out to Colin from Clearbit and I said, hey, can I have that audio? Can we run it on the Exit 5 podcast? And he was nice enough to do that. So that's what this conversation is. I think you're going to like it. I will link to the Clearbit page in the show notes and I'll talk to you right now on the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, yeah a lovely Q&A session we're going to be doing today. Glad to, to see everyone. Um, I'm going to do like the quick housekeeping stuff that everyone does at the start of a virtual event webinar. You know, the basics, close your windows for the best performance. Questions are encouraged. This is a Q&A. We have some stuff pre-baked um, that people have submitted, but put anything in chat or in the questions tab uh, down below for everybody, including our speakers. Hit that bell icon at the top of chat. Believe me, you don't want that happening. Yeah, as you're speaking. Uh, and then yes, 100% uh, the recording is going to be available. You'll get that automatically at the end. Cool. Let's hop into it and do some some introductions. We have quite a few people on the line here. 
I'll start for me. I'm Colin, head of demand gen here at Clearbit. And uh, yeah, I'll pass it off to Dave. Maybe you next. Sure. Hey, I'm Dave, uh, Dave Gerhardt. Uh, I used to work in B2B SaaS as a VP of marketing and CMO at two companies called Drift and Privy. Now I spend my time helping B2B startups directly with marketing. I have a consulting business that I run myself, which is me, my team. And then I also run uh, a community for B2B marketers called Exit5, which is exit5.com. There's a community of 3,000 B2B marketing pros, which I know a bunch of you are in. And then also we have a, a podcast focused on B2B marketing. And uh, good to see you all. Happy to be here. Matt, how about you? You go. Hey, everyone. Matt Ferris, uh, happy to be part of the conversation today. Been in B2B marketing or B2B ad tech pretty much my whole career. Started off at Wall Street Journal, went over to a company called Bizzo. Uh, we were acquired by uh, LinkedIn. Uh, then I got into the B2B data space afterwards over at DB. And now I'm heading up the enterprise sales team over here at Bombora. So excited to talk to you all today. Tara, want to do a little intro? Sure. Thanks, Colin. Happy to be here today, too. I feel like I have to say that. Everyone's been saying it, but I'm really happy to be here. Um, so I run our demand gen programs over at a company called Chili Piper, and I also host our podcast, Demand Gen Chat. So spend a lot of time talking to demand gen and various types of marketers. Awesome. Cool. Well, let's get into it. We're going to just go through some questions, and then anyone on the line, please feel free again to ask anything in chat um, or in the, the questions tab, and we'll we'll get to them. This was an interesting one that came in. I think we're seeing this all over the place as you know, B2B marketers and all around in, in the MarTech space. But basically, you know, how can marketers get buy-in from leadership to be closer aligned to a revenue metric, pipeline, revenue, something else for their business? Dave, you talk a lot about this, you know, being measured on pipeline. I'm curious to hear your take. So I think on the surface, the question is tough to diagnose like most marketing things, I think it's easy for me or you or whoever we say like definitive things on LinkedIn and everyone goes nuts. And, and But there's so much nuance in all marketing advice. And so like, uh, how do you get buy-in from leadership to be closer aligned to revenue metrics? Well, is that because you've, you're just not clear what the goal is and you've never had the conversation? Or is it because like your, your CEO is an asshole and like doesn't believe in marketing in the same way? And so like, and I, I've seen all the spectrums. And so I think like first is like, I just would work all the way back to like, do we have a clear goal for marketing at this company? And if the four of us are on the marketing team and we ask that question, we all have, we're all either going to have no answer, we're all going to have different answers, or all going to have one clear answer. And so if you don't have one clear answer, then it's like, okay, shoot, before we jump to step 10, let's just like very slowly break this down in the simplest fashion. Like, okay, well, what is, what are the founders and CEO or COO, whoever, what do they see the role of marketing at this company? Oh, at Chili Piper, marketing exists to build pipeline because we need meetings for our sales team. Great. Like I'm sure that that gives Tara and the team like a way to like work backwards from that. And so I think it's all got to come back to like the first principles kind of like what is the function of marketing for the company? What are those goals? But it's also different on the stage and time. Like when I joined Drift for example, it just was a different company at a different time. They raised $15 million before they were like really actively pushing their product. And so when I got hired there, it was like as marketing manager, Dave, and my goal was my goal from the founders was like, hey, we want you to help us build an audience. So when we launch, we have people to market to. Now, if you were at Drift today, that would be a much different story. So it's got to come back to like the first, everyone having a clear definition of like, what is marketing here to do? And then what are the very clear, goals that we have that work back to revenue, whether that's sales meetings, whether that's product signups, it depends on the go-to-market motion of your company. Yeah, I like that. Kind of get away from the metric piece and talk about the overall strategy, like what's the purpose of marketing at your company? Instead well, yeah, and, like, and, and, and like, how, how are we going to sell this product to our customers? Like, do we have a, is it a very enterprise field level we have a, a hundred accounts approach or is it, hey, we have a free version of this product and we want we need thousands of people to sign up for. And so I think like being able to match those with being able to articulate not just the goal, but like what is our go-to-market strategy? Because most of us are at SaaS companies that are on this thing mm -hmm. today, right? And it's like so much of your go-to-market strategy is going to be dictated by the product and the thing that you're selling and the and the the motion that you're going through. Like Matt's nodding his head coming from the sales side of, of things, but like it's all got to be baked there. And so if you have a heavy content, high traffic, 
marketing mix, but your sale is much more enterprise outbound, like that's also going to break. So there's a bunch of different layers in there that I think you have to be able to go and get on the same page about. And it's not just marketing, it's marketing, it's product, it's sales, it's customer success, it's everybody being clear on what is the role across the company. Matt, I've got a follow up for you. Go ahead, actually, but I have a question after. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more with what Dave saying is that we all have to align to this one goal. But I think, you know, coming from a sales perspective, too, is that if you need to get buy-in, challenge and ask your partners and your vendors, they have to provide a solution that's going to achieve those goals and those metrics and align to them. And, you know, have them do the work for you, like make sure they're building out an ROI calculator. Like when we work with our prospects and our teams is mandated by our team. Like you have to bake and try to begin to get some ROI out of it because marketers don't want to buy things that's not going to generate more revenue for them. So that's something I always look at it. Yeah, I have a question for you too, along this line. From the sales perspective, what do you want marketing to be responsible for? What do you think our goal should be? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> in, where I look at how from our world Frisbees. is... Yeah, frisbee. Yeah, I just want you know, <laughs> I want you guys to bring it all the way down, ninety percent done, and I can literally, you know, I can old school. Can I? I'll just mail them an order form and they'll sign it, <laughs> mail it back to me with like, the ideal state. Yeah, absolutely. Right, or, or just just Venmo my account. What I want, and I actually like what we have at Bombora, is that we used to have this. We really didn't have ABM until about a, a year ago. Is that we're actually all at least aligned on the accounts we want to go after and the personas we want to go after. So we did this whole. Analysis like here are the accounts we care about. Here's the good fit. We actually used our historical data uh, and got mm-hmm. ops and strategy involved to be like, yeah, like this is where we win and this is where we lose. And so, what I really just want is like, I think go back to it's common goals. Like the metric piece, we're still developing. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and tell marketing how to measure their engagement and you know how they're breaking in. Like I do want to just at some point have someone to talk to. But right now, I just want the fact that we're relying on the personas, we're aligned after the accounts to go after. To me, that is a huge win. I love that. Yeah, aligned goals. It's pretty simple. Hey, when you really break it down, <laughs> not rocket science. Yeah. I think another way to look at this question is no matter what size your company is, you're probably bringing in some customers today. So just digging into where they're coming from, how are they finding out about you? And then just asking, hey, can I double down on these two or three things? I can't really see any exec team that would say no to that, at least as a start. Yeah, love it. Cool. Let's flip to the next one, which is sort of like a planning question. It's almost a follow-up. Yeah, during like sort of planning season, whatever that looks like for anyone, how closely should marketing and sales work together to get to the number, to get to sort of the plan to get the number? I guess it's maybe the background of the question. This is a trick question? Hand in hand. I think hand in hand. It is a trick question. question. I don't know. Curious your thought though. I mean, I, I can only speak to like, again, like I don't have definitive advice, but I can speak to like what the process that I've seen at companies that I've been at or, or am working with. And, and I think typically the way that companies get to that number is they say, okay, how, the founders and the board and management team or whoever, they set some goal for how much they want the company to grow the following year. From there, they figure out, well, what usually it's pipeline, how much pipeline do we need in order to get there? Then from there, we're going to think about, well, where does the pipeline come from? Okay, well, in our business, 70% of it is sourced from is inbound marketing. 30% of it is the partner channel and sales motion. Okay, so marketing, again, marketing doesn't own the entire revenue piece. Like It's important that marketing owns revenue as a marketing function, but there's often multiple inputs into that. And so I think it has to be at the team level. Okay, marketing, you own this number. Sales, you own this number. Channel, you own this number. And there's a leader of each one of those functions. And like they're each working with their team to get there. Now, there's also a lot of nuance because they're often helping when you help each, you're ultimately trying to achieve one company goal. And so when you can help each other, your goal might become easier. So, what if marketing could help sales close more deals somehow? Should we be spending more time blogging or should we? develop X resource. And that's not a knock on blogging like that. That definitely can work. But it's more like, should we carve out some resources to like, hey, I'm going to go talk to Matt and we're going to have a conversation. Like, I think you you work on the plan together. Like the management team or the board says like, here are the goals. Okay, now we're in planning season. 
And so we're going to go talk. It's never just like a black and white, like one email thing. It's like, all right, hey, we got to get to this number next year. Let's look at all the things that we're doing across the whole revenue function of the business. Let's look at product. Let's look at marketing. Let's look at sales. Let's look at customer success. What are the levers that we think that we have? And then you're basically placing bets. Like I think the companies that I've been at are, are seen usually going into the year. It's not like you should have this plan and there's a hundred levers in it. And it's like, hey, we have this plan and here's kind of two or three levers that we think we can pull to get here. Okay, so now we're on the whiteboard. We're starting to figure out like, okay, this is... Okay, one lever in marketing might be if we start this new program. One lever in sales is like, we actually haven't gone after these new accounts. One lever in customer success is actually right now, we don't have a strong expansion motion. Okay, well, is that a customer success thing or is it a product thing? Is there new stuff that we should be building? So ideally, the answer is everybody needs to be working on this together. And, it, and also, it can't just be like, we've talked a lot about the importance of marketing and sales alignment, but let's say that marketing and sales went and created their plan but they didn't talk to product and they didn't talk to customer success and they didn't talk to... That's also going to fail. And so I think it's not just marketing and sales. It's like the whole company has to be aligned on creating this plan. Marketing is one channel, just like sales is one channel, just like channel is one, is one channel, for lack of a better word. <laughs> I don't know about any of you, but I've definitely seen some of it break down, mostly when like goals feel very dictated and there isn't, isn't that bottoms-up feedback. Any experience any of you have with that? Yeah, I ran into that a little bit at my last place. We had a pretty big inbound sales team. I, we don't have that specifically at Chili Piper now. But at my last place, we basically were passing MQLs to an inbound team. And we basically just said, hey, your new target is, I can't remember the number, say 35 meetings a month. And they just told us if the leads are going to be the same as what you're giving us now. Like, there's no way in hell, basically, it was the conversation. So there was some back and forth. But... Obviously, they had to have a little bit of trust in us to have that frank conversation because it was the junior reps coming to us and saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Even just having the ability to have the conversation sometimes is tough mm -hmm. uh, at certain companies. Yeah. No, I, go ahead. My last company, we were, we were owned by a private equity firm. So, of course, they ran their own models and their own analysis <laughs> and, you know, tried to hand those down. But, you know, I think about working together, like it's really great when you have. It doesn't always happen this way. And then some people might disagree, but when you know all the teams, marketing, customer success, or CX and sales all roll up to a COO or CRO, you know, chief commercial officer. And so we, we're lucky that we have that here at Bombor. So we we do unify. Our biggest thing is we're usually late to planning. And so I think one thing, you know, what I my goal is like planning really needs to start probably at the end of this month. Like I need to get everyone together and we need to get together like, okay, here's what we did or planning to do this year. Here's what we're forecasting. You know, let's maybe like add 5% to that. And then let's go like, here's how much more money we want finance. So it's a lot more fun when you can, Dave's get to this point and like, it's everyone versus finance. And we're asking for more money because we want to do more things. It doesn't <laughs> always work that way, but that's kind of my goal this year is like, I want to literally charge them in September with like, here's what we want. <laughs> Like well, this, this is why people battle so much over like marketing attribution. It's like, it's just literally because it's an internal, because if I know what we're doing, if I had a magic thing that told me like, we do these things and this works, then like planning is way easier because the plan just says like, go, go do more of this thing. But it's, it's never like that. But I think like lost in the, you know, LinkedInification and I'm a part of this, no doubt, but like lost in the LinkedInification of like B2B marketing is like, you got to It's never just marketing. It's like when I think of like early days of Drift, when we were really humming, it was like the founders had this strong vision of like, here are the goals. Here's how we want to do marketing at this company. We don't want to do it this way. We want to do it this way. Other than that, Dave, you own how we're going to get there. But like they had a very strong vision for like what marketing should do and how we're going to measure marketing. And they had benchmarks and like ideas from other companies. We want to focus mainly on these two channels. The product motion is going to be this. And here's what we want marketing to do. Then like 90% of the questions that I get asked on like these types of webinars go away because it's like, we're not focusing on that. I have a very clear goal. I had a very clear goal at Drift in year one. It was this many new trialers. We weren't focused on monetization. We weren't focused on revenue. It was like, we need to prove this out. So we have monthly trialer, new trial, little free signup goals. Great. That was the most aligned that we've ever been because that was the earliest stage in the company when things are simpler as you get bigger and you have more teams and more people and more competing priorities and people fighting over budget, that's when it gets more complicated. So I'm just like saying that to like, just 
take a deep breath, take a step back, think about how much of your job is spent battling these internal things. And like, maybe you can be the one to like push the team to be like, look, I'm going to get my company bone. I'm going to get my bonus if the company hits our goals. So like, why don't we figure out how to get our shit together and all work together as one team, which you can then find out later, toxic company, you have all different execs with all different bonuses based on all different goals. <laughs> and so that's where things also go haywire. And so like, it really just does all come back to like, founders setting the right goals and the right priorities for the company and like smartly at companies I've been at the founders have been like everyone on the management team is getting a your bonus is based on company revenue and company churn goals figure it out together you all are experts in different areas Dave you're the marketing person Tara you run the channel you're the partner person use your superpowers to like help us hit this goal together that's how it has to work otherwise like we could do these webinars for weeks and years and months and that's why they exist in b2b marketing because it's all just it's internal bs that is unnecessary if and it's it's from when you're not aligned for sure it's such a good call out like going back to the the first question that we talked about which is you know like aligning to revenue if you're not then you have a really hard time saying like okay but if i take you know a month of my time and really help sales close more, have a higher ACV, whatever it is, and get to a revenue goal, that could have a huge impact. But if you're not aligned to revenue, if you just need to generate MQLs or whatever the hell, like you're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to even have the conversation with sales or, or you won't want to. Hey, it's Dave. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. If you share a pipeline goal with your sales team, then you care about the deliverability rate of your team's outbound emails. No email visibility means no meetings. This becomes the silent nightmare for us marketers. You often don't even know that this is happening. And the most common cause of it, it's actually an easy one to fix. You're not using the right tool. That's why hundreds of marketers at companies like Mutiny are switching to Apollo.io. Apollo has every tool you need to power your entire outbound and inbound motions. Yep, that's right. I said inbound emails too. You can ask their team about it. Marketers using Apollo have seen outbound email deliverability jump from 62% to 98% after making the switch. 98%, that means more replies, more meetings, and of course, more booked pipeline. Want to see what type of results you can get? Head over to apollo.io slash e5. Apollo.io slash E5 right now and book a meeting with their team to get set up. And as a thank you for your time, they will give you a free annual Exit 5 membership for booking a meeting that's valued at $275. Go check them out, Apollo.io slash E5. Because you're gold on something that is irrelevant to helping those functions, right? And by the way, every CEO that I know, which is not all of them, a couple of them, they don't care how you do it. Like you, yeah, we're so point. in our own heads about like, well, we got a blog and we got eat. CEO doesn't care if you said, you know, we're gonna stop all blogging and emailing and social media, and we're gonna do this 100% outbound thing, and we're gonna crush <laughs> our number this year. The CEO is gonna be like, she's gonna say, great, please go do that, and she's gonna tell the board, hey, we smashed our goals, and the board's not gonna say, well, where's your blog? <laughs> They're gonna say like, awesome job hitting your number. Yeah. Yeah. How do we grow this thing again? And then you come up with new channels. So like, don't get married to like these things that you have to do or have to have your job as the marketing leaders to figure out how you're going to achieve this goal. And like, you can do that through agencies or people or technology or programs or whatever, but you don't have to do anything. Yeah, that's, I Love couldn't it. agree more. I mean, it's rare because a lot of times you, you know, you want to bring the executive level sponsorship. You want to get the CMO talking to their CMO, especially in our marketing world. But like, there's nothing more satisfying when me and my team can close a deal and we didn't have to get any of the execs involved and we just hit it. We're like, yeah, we closed this deal. It's a good deal. <laughs> They're like, thank you. You didn't have to get me involved. I can go do something else. It's so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's keep flipping through. Quick hit. How often should sales and marketing teams meet? Anyone? I feel like it's one All of those it depends questions. But yeah, if you can't remember the last time you met, that's probably not a great sign. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think daily. I'm constantly talking to my counterpart on the other side. We have a really good rapport. Um, and that's, I think, it's so crucial. If you don't have a good rapport, if you don't trust each other, if you're not aligned to the same mm -hmm. goals, don't even meet. <laughs> don't even talk to each other, right? You you have to have that strong rapport. And that's where it just comes down to also really good hiring, right? You have to have someone that believes in 
whether it be ABM or demand gen process, whatever, but you have to have a good rapport. And I go to like, we Slack, we talk every day with my counterpart. Yeah, I think that's the perfect answer. Ideally, you're talking every day and you're having open communication so you don't get in this cycle of like, we only talk when we meet and when we meet, I drop a bomb. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that, that never works. But like, I had a relationship with like Armin, who was the VP of sales at Drift when I was there and I love him to death, but like he annoyed the hell out of me because of how much we were talking. And it was, it was great because I had a great team. And so Armin and I were able to talk at that level and he'd like send me a contact record in Salesforce or he'd be like, listen to this call. And like, you need to have time to be able to do that and talk at that level versus in the weeds. And so we would be talking daily. Also, the executive team was very close. And so it wasn't just sales and marketing. It was sales and marketing and product and CS. We actually all were talking every single day. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think it's also important to have like, yes, the rapport, you got to have that 100%. That's ingredient number one. I think another thing might be like outside of the meeting is like, what are your systems and how are you proactively and transparently communicating goals and updates and what you're working on? Because you don't always have to have a meeting to do that. But like, is there a daily automated email that goes out that shows, you know, new you know, new sales qualified leads or new opportunities or new pipeline and meetings held? Is there some type of like, first come up with before you figure out how you're when you're going to meet, like first come up with an operating system together? What are our goals? How are we going to communicate progress towards those goals? Could it be something that we share in Slack? Like, is there a zap we can create that's always sharing new deals or new updates? And then like, can we you what do you want to use that meeting time for? And so it's not just like this, like go through the motions meeting, like, how do we actually use that meeting to be productive? And so I think it's important to think about like all the tools that you have from video to Slack to email to rapport to the meeting. Before you think about how often you should meet, what do you want to meet about? And what is the goal of that meeting? And I also have found that like a lot of times, I don't know if Matt will disagree, will disagree with this, but like that meeting tends to be like very one way or the other. It's like, either sales is getting beat up or marketing is getting beat up. And that typically happens when there's not some type of shared scorecard of like, what are we doing together? We are sales and marketing and together we own X goal. And so each week we're going to meet to each share how we're both contributing towards that. And so I think you need to, again, comes back to the beginning of having clear, clear goals and clear metrics. And then sure, have a, have a weekly meeting, have a daily standup if you want to have it. But what's the point of that? Is it to make progress on things? Like in the early days of Drift, we met every day, but that was because I was only, there was only one marketing person, me and five salespeople. And at the end of every day, we'd be like, what call, Tara? What was your call like today? Ah, that call sucks. Sorry about that. Okay, we could tweak that. So a lot of that stuff matters too, like the stage that you're at. Yeah, I think that's a great point on tools. We have like a billion zaps in our Slack, but there isn't always a need to meet to talk this stuff out. I feel like often when we meet, it is just to catch up, which is kind of the best scenario that you can be in because everybody knows how things yeah. are going because of those tools. One of the best things that we have is really just like a shit meeting <laughs> with sales that we do every two weeks. And mm -hmm. like, that's all it is. We have topics and people want to talk about stuff and, and whatever. But honestly, we hang out for like 30, 45 minutes and just talk about whatever's on our mind. And it's not like, you know, here's the agenda and here's the metrics we're going to review. And here's blah, blah, blah. It's just actually a conversation about what's going well and what's going wrong and really what we should be doing. You know, it's tricky. We have, we face this sometimes, you know, we get some C-level egos, right? And sometimes they're like looking for other things and, you know, just there's always history. <laughs> and, you know, so we're, we have our extended exec meeting tomorrow and we all got our core group together. So we're all aligned on the metrics we're going to present. And then everything is like, we're going to shout each other out to the fences come up. Like we hit the quarter. That's great. But like, it wasn't just sales, it was ABM, it was our partner team. And when everyone else is calling out everything else everyone's doing and making that point, it makes it so smooth and kind of lets those you know, CEO, CFO, whatever, you know, personalities get pushed to the side. I have a it question for does. Tara, actually, if you don't mind me asking, can you yeah, talk about those apps and some of the like, yeah. the tools that you use outside of meetings that are helpful to like, keep everybody in the know? Yeah. So one of the, well, there's a couple of channels I had to mute them because we have so many, but there's one that brings in a zap literally every time someone comes in new inbound lead. And we have another one on inbound meetings. We have external meetings too. So we can see what meetings the outbound SDR team is booking and we can kind of cheer each other on there. So mm -hmm. it's really cool to see the SDRs and the A's in our inbound meetings channel being really excited about the type of accounts and companies that are coming in. 
I love that because you can also see like when you set it up, you can see where you can see like the source, you can see the activity. And so it gives like the team some like, oh, hey, that that campaign that's running right now, we just booked a meeting from it. Like it's like small momentum wins like that, I think are awesome for Slack and Zapier type stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. So earlier this week, we sponsored a newsletter. So I put that in our updates channel. Obviously, that's manual. I'm putting in a screenshot. But then the team can go through those channels and see the results of that pretty much in real time, which is really cool. If we do something similar with with new ops opening, and then like me myself, I'll go in and tag like whoever's running the event or whoever you know sponsored the newsletter, whatever it is, and doing the little marketing congratulations too, not just out you know outside of sales, which is fun. That's fine. And I would say another thing too for your industry managers on make sure you're paying your CEO, your CFO, your CRO to also like send a Slack or just an individual one off to that IC because it means a lot. Right. Like the fact that they're in Washington doesn't have to happen all the time, but like they're, you know, they're busy, they're working on funding or whatever, but like just a quick text from the CFO being like, Hey, Tim, killer deal that last quarter. Like, oh my gosh, it goes so far. Yeah. Having execs that are active in Slack, like outside of their own workings, it helps a lot. It's great. Yeah. Sometimes even an emoji reaction from them, you're like, oh, they saw it. Cool. That's great. great. That's all you need to know. Just so that they see it. Yeah, as like a, a low marketer. That's amazing. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, just so <laughs> I did good work. Marketer. Finally, <laughs> I got noticed. <laughs> I love it. All right. Keep it on the same train. What's the best way to deliver feedback between sales and marketing? Yeah, I guess like usually mine's one-on-one mostly with, you know, sales leaders sometimes in some public settings or or with sort of the entire management team. But I'm curious what y'all are doing or if you have any opinions. I don't really have like negative or constructive feedback for sales too often, but I think this applies in general that when it's negative, you should do it one-on-one and when it's praise, do it as publicly as you can. So just like we were saying over Slack. Pretty simple. Yeah. I think if you have the lines open that we talked about earlier, it just becomes, it doesn't become like, oh my God, I got to tell me. It only becomes like, Terror is going to kill. Like, if we don't have a relationship <laughs> and I got to give you hard feedback, that's going to be worse than like if Tara and I are tight, mm-hmm. then I can tell her, like, hey, you have some broccoli in your teeth. And she's not going to be like, this asshole. You know, like it's, it's so much about that. But I also think that's why having those, like, the relationship is important, but having those systems also, like, have it in public in that sales and marketing meeting. I think, I think a lot of times, like, conversations happen between two people on Slack or privately. When actually they would do more good if like we had them mm-hmm. in that meeting setting. It's like, Matt, I'm not coming after you. I'm not, right. I might tell you, I'm gonna give you a heads up, like, Matt, in this meeting today, I wanna talk about X. All right. And then let's have that discussion with the team because I I've made the mistake of like, you're trying to solve hard problems with multiple people. Like, use these smart people to your advantage on each team. Like, I've gotten great marketing ideas from the sales team, and the marketing team has given great ideas to the sales. So you have to have that open forum for feedback. And so I, I would have some type of like the sales and marketing meeting is, has some type of structure. Like we review X metrics and X goals, but we spend the last 10 minutes or last 15 minutes that's an open Q&A and people submit things, submit bullets that we need to talk about. Boom. This Salesforce report sucks. Okay, great. Let's talk about it. This deck, we need to do deck for this. That's uh, like, let's like have build that in. And so then it like when you give it more structure, people take it less Less personally, but I also think it's a lot about the culture and the culture of communication inside of your company. And so, if you have a if you have a, a culture where people communicate directly but respectfully, like you you know, just because it, you're going to give direct feedback doesn't mean you have to be an asshole about it. But also, you have to be an adult and a grown up at work and be able to like take feedback and not take everything so personally. And there's right and wrong ways to deliver all that, but I think to have a culture where you're able to like challenge things and challenge each other is very important. It's impossible to get anything done if you're constantly worried about how me giving this feedback about this thing that sales is doing is going to send the the sales leader into a tizzy. It's like, you're never going to be successful that way. Love it. Matt, any, and, any feedback? Same, same thing for me. Same thing for me, by the way. Like I've, I've like you mature as you, as you work and, and you learn and yeah, I'm sure the 28-year-old version of me was impossible to give feedback to. And I would take everything personally, right? And so I think you have to understand that that's normal for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good call out. Yeah, I was thinking 
I try if it's like you know, if one if someone does something like an IC on marketing, I will ping them on Slack and be like, hey, I'll first praise and then I'll give a little feedback. But if I see it as like a trend, then I usually go to the leader or the, my counterpart and I won't call people out specifically, but like, hey, here's a trend I'm seeing. I think we should look at it this way. What do you think? So I never want to go to my counterpart, another manager, and like specifically call out people on their team because that's not fair. But I also think like if you have a good flat org, ICs can give managers feedback and vice versa. Like someone on my team wanted to give our SDR manager who's on marketing some feedback. And I said, yeah, go for it. He's like, well, why, why don't you do it? I'm like, you have the feedback. You can give the feedback. You know, and as long as you do it, and this person I trusted to do it, as long as you do it in a professional manner, but you don't always have to go through all the lines of communication. Uh, it just yeah. it takes too long. Yeah. The up and around communication is such a pain. Yeah. Honestly. Colin, what do you think? Yeah, I think I'm the same as you, Matt. Like if I see it as a one-off, I'll ping. If it's an IC, like a BDR, SDR or someone, I'll, I'll ping them. Be like, hey, I noticed this. I don't know what it is, but just so you know. But if it's a trend, then I go to the manager or, or the director or whoever it is that I think is the best fit. Direct feedback or feedback about like a process or stuff that we're doing that everyone's contributing to. I'll bring that to meetings for sure. Like we have... We have two kind of core meetings that we do with sales. One is that shoot the shit version, which is just like a chat it out. And then one is the sort of like numbers. Let's look at how we're performing. What do we need to accomplish? What do we need to do? And that's really with the more with the BDR SDR team for us. And that's where I'll, I'll bring some of that. Like this process seems in like it could use some love or maybe we should update it. Maybe it could be better. Here's some thoughts I had. Curious what you think, whatever. And maybe they'll come back and say like, no, it's this way because X, Y, Z, whatever. doesn't matter. But yeah, I think it, it truly depends on the type of feedback. This is just about sales and marketing alignment. I feel like we've talked about that literally for a half an hour almost. Everything is, is about is that sales the, Is it the topic? Like, isn't that what we're talking about? It's, yeah. Yeah. But also like anything bit. that, yeah, marketing can do just to help sales out too. How we, we're sellers in, in some right. But I'm curious. Any I think, other quick hits? I, I, I think one. I think one thing on that is like to, to find like outside of the plan and the strategy and the goals and the tactics. Like, it's like a new friend or a relationship that you're in. Like, the more you can go out of your way early on to help each other out, I think really goes a long way for things that don't show up in the report. Like, I hopped on a sales call and helped X person close a deal. I made a one-off slide for one sales rep who asked something. I hooked Matt up at eight o'clock on a Tuesday night with an image that he needed. Like you don't have to do it all the time, but like, I think reciprocity matters. And I'm not saying do it in a, like a, a skeezy kind of way where it's a game, but like, it's just like a relationship. Like when you go out of your way for each other, you're going to be like, that was awesome. Tara didn't have to do that. I'm going to now do the same thing. And so I think finding little opportunities like that, that don't show up in the reporting or aren't like on your like today's to-do list, Find time for those, like same way you might like do like surprise and delight stuff for customers. Like, how can you do that within the sales and marketing teams to, to show each other that like, yeah, we got your back. This is a team effort and I'm going to help you even if it's not in my like list of priorities for this week that I'm working on per se. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it's almost it. like what people say, you should network before you need a job. The last thing you want mm -hmm. is to be that person that goes to sales like when, anytime you need something or when something is broken or something's wrong. You want them to already know who you are and have a like, good report with you first. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, you know, we've all been in Martech, I think, Matt, Tara, myself currently there. Curious for Tara, Dave, how often you got on the phone with sales or you took in like initial calls with friendlies or people who reached out to you. And then Matt, for you, like do you invite your marketing team on? Sometimes it has to depend on the relationship. Like I think the relationships trump everything. And so if it can help break the ice, because it's kind of all start awkward talking to new people, you're kind of sizing them up, feeling them out what kind of person you are, how engaged you are. So I, I usually will, if the relationship came from marketing, yes. Yeah, I actually don't think I've been invited on too many sales calls. I've been asked for intros to people that I'm connected with and obviously mm. happy to do that. But I do think that's something that sales could do more is just throwing the invite out there. Maybe your marketing team. Yeah. Maybe I just had a half hour open up my calendar and I can jump on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, people should do it more. I think it depends on the product and the mm -hmm. why. Like at Drift, we were making marketing software 
And I was the marketing leader at the company using our own product. And so we used that to our advantage where like, there was a time where like the marketing team, like I knew the product really well. And then as the team evolved, others knew it really well. And so like, there was a huge value like in, oh yeah, do you want to have Sarah hop on a call? Like she's a huge asset because she knows the product really well. And so like she can show Tara like two things that she might not be thinking about. Whereas like, if it's just a kind of schmoozing, like, you know, if I was selling like cybersecurity or something that I didn't really mm -hmm. like know, then maybe not. And I think you can achieve the same thing by like listening to gong calls and being really close to the conversations that are happening. Yeah. I think sometimes we mistake like having to be on a sales call versus like actually just being plugged into what those conversations are. Those are two different things. Yeah. I find because we sell like across, the entire marketing function and into sales too. I'll get asked like, hey, you know, this person's interested in how we do lead routing and how we work with the SDR team. Like you willing to hop on a call and just chat about how we do it or, or what have you, sort of like a one-on-one -on -one education or conversation. I do that quite often. The sales stuff, rarely, you know, maybe if we have like a really technical prospect who wants to talk like nitty nitty gritty about some metrics or something like that in advertising or something we'll hop on there or support where we can especially we're still spinning up like a consultative type team internally so mm -hmm. that's sort of where we helped out in the past the technical pieces where you can't expect a salesperson to know how to engineer a website or fully run an ad platform right yeah cool this is an interesting one for you matt what do you actually care about? What can we create? What materials, documentation? What do you actually want? Because it feels like sometimes you've created and it's into the void, you know? Yeah, I mean, this is a selfish thing. Like I personally, I love seeing content, right? I think I want to see case studies, webinars, events. I'm from Missouri, so I'm from the show me state. Like I want to, I actually sometimes probably don't care more about the metrics. I just want to see things being done, uh, which is probably should also focus more on the metrics. And, but like, that's, I think for me, the thing is like, I want to know, like, what are we doing? Like, what's coming up? Like, what can I get excited about? What can the team get excited about? What events like, and I, cause I do look at it. My team hates me for this, but when we do develop a really strong piece of content, I read it. I make questions and quizzes and then I send it to my enablement person and have them load it into sales hood and make them take a quiz on it. So I, I'm very much like, I want to see content. I want to see thought leadership. You know, all of us are in a very crowded space and there's a lot of like, what does this do? Is that a feature? Is that a strategy? Do I need to buy this? Do I need to buy that? And so like, I'm always pushing my team to be forward thinking so we can be you know, kind of the, the leading edge of our space. I don't know. I'd be curious to take care of things. I like, you're my worst nightmare. <laughs> that made me nervous. <laughs> no, but it's cool that you're using it so much. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. man, creating quizzes on content and then getting your reps to do it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's really like, cool. At <laughs> least you know that they are looking at it and reading it and ingesting it. Right. And like, yeah. then maybe able to use it in a better manner. That's awesome from a marketing perspective. They hate me for it too. Because these are like enterprise sellers. <laughs> I'm like, what are, you, what are you making me do this do for? Mean? I'm like, you need to read. It's good stuff. One thing that we started producing that's a total opposite end of that is um, we've actually been going through gong recordings and pulling out just snippets from calls of a customer getting super excited about something. Mm. Always like different context, but we found that the sales team really loves using those just to throw it into their email cadences when they're trying to get someone's attention instead of sending them like a lengthy customer story. It's literally 10, 15 second video for them to just listen to and hear what a customer is doing with us. Usually it's something around like some innovative way they're using the product. Yeah, I love that. Doing the, again, sort of like the internal cheerleading for how awesome the product is or how much the customers love it. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Like that's a huge morale boost internally too. I also think like, um, how, much, how can you make things that are equally as consumable to, to potential customers as the sales team? And so like, mm -hmm. if it's that good of a yeah. PDF, like why is that not on your website? And then just mm -hmm. like people are sharing a link to that. And so like, look for opportunities. And so the more that you're like, sales enablement content is actually your public facing marketing content, the better. Obviously, there's certain things that you need to train the team on or like have internal notes of competition and pricing and strategy that you're not going to put publicly. But I think the more you can demo off of the website or like, I like the content idea because like, 
when the sales team is actually using the content that marketing is creating, that's how you know. That's usually like when I've had a good indication that like this is going to land with customers when the sales team is excited about like, I'm excited about sending this to someone is like not mm-hmm. always the case. And that could be a podcast episode, a video, an article. I like to look for like indicators like that. Yeah, that's a good call out. Rely on the salesperson, the sales team as like a one-off or, or a gut check, I guess, on content quality or if it's going to land. I mean, they're, they're so close if, with the customer. Mm-hmm. If that's your mo- if your sales motion is if your motion is like I got to talk to somebody to close this deal like why would you not lean on them Hey Matt you're literally having these conversations what are the magic things that you wish you had that would help you close more of these deals like doesn't mean I have to go and do everything that you say but like why would you why would you not listen to him and this is the person right. who's trying to close this my job is to yeah. give you some WD forty to like help this deal close like I got to listen to what you need. Yeah. But we also have to be understanding of like, you know, it's not always easy to get case studies and coordinating all these people and to get quotes approved and to get someone to do a video. And so that's where I like, I don't ever want to get like so involved. Like we have to have this specific thing to close more deals or it has to be a webinar on this vertical or else we're not closing any more deals. But like, cause so for me, it's more like, I just want to see things being done mm-hmm. when it can be specific things. It's great. But like, I'm also understanding of like, you guys have your other priorities. It's so hard sometimes to pull these things together. Design, creative, brand has to approve. Like I empathize for what you guys have to do sometimes because it's like managing so many projects just to get a piece of collateral done. I do think on that point though, there's a lot marketing can learn from sales because they're so scrappy. If they think of a funny meme and throw it up on their LinkedIn, the sales reps will just do it. But marketing is very like, oh, it has to be prettier. It needs to be polished. We need approval wow. for this quote. So I think we're trying to we're trying to lean into that a little bit more with things like those gong recordings. So we didn't have It's so true. I've had that where like the marketing yeah. team is like, we think we're creating all these things. We think sales is using them. And you're like, go look at the two emails that sales is actually sending out. <laughs> it's gonna be like a hand-drawn meme that's like <laughs> but people like it, so it'll work. If it doesn't work, they'll stop using it and they'll come to you for something else. But that's yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. If you're getting a ton of requests. Like maybe there's an issue. Maybe you should take stock of what's happening. Because if if sales doesn't have what they need, they're gonna ask. There's a question in chat about how to change, repair, transform our relationship between sales and marketing, where it feels like sales is taking a lot, but they're not willing to give over. Like, hey, here's a call that went really well. Maybe we should reach out to them. I'm curious, maybe Matt since you're probably on the other side of like, ah, shit, I'm busy trying to close deals. Yeah, if you have any anything to add. Yeah, is that the question from Adam? Adam, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we do sometimes take resources. Uh, or I would say a lot of times, like, especially legal resources, like marketing a lot of times wants to try to get, uh, bring on a new vendor or something. And we're like, no, 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 you have to do our contracts before you even do theirs. And yeah, the design, like, especially with deck building, we, we definitely have some people, you know, once, oh my God, I'm always scared when the market, when the salesperson figures out who the designer is and they make a ticket deck and make it really pretty, your world is just going to change forever because they're going to come to you for everything. And so, you know, this is where you, again, it goes back to what Dave talked, you have to have like alignment from the leaders that like, what is the goal? But if the goal is to close more deals and they really, everyone is aligned that, that having that pretty deck they think is going to do it, it's kind of a tough one to get around because everyone wants to close more revenue. But at the same time, like when is it a special ask versus like, when is it a process? And again, it's, I don't have the best answer, but it really goes back to like getting your leaders aligned on who does what. And now Adam's typing. So I'm nervous what he's going to say. I would double, I would double click on Adam and say, it sounds like you have some more toxic stuff happening inside of the company. It's not just on the surface of like, they don't give me anything. Well, like, why don't you have access to sales calls? Like, aren't they recorded? Yeah, it sounds like they're yeah. keeping the customers or the prospects they, almost. Exactly. Like they're scared yeah. of letting you talk to them, which would oh, scare that's, me. <laughs> like, that's, I don't, I don't yeah. need, that's I, don't need I don't need sales's permission to figure out case studies, insights, and thought leadership. Um, because I know what's happening on sales calls and I know what customers are what questions are coming up. So there might be something deeper. Yeah. I'd just yeah. call out like go by gong, I guess. Because then you can self-service. It sucks. Sometimes the relationship is is hard. But if you're in that position, try and figure it out yourself. 
Yeah. I also think you have to be careful into getting into like the one-off, like Matt joked about it, but like you have to be careful in getting into the one-off, like sales reps sending your designer things. It's like I run the marketing team. We got lots of other things that we're doing. You need to, that needs to funnel through us. That needs to funnel through us. And I'm happy to like help support that in some way. But like, let this is something that I would be talking about at the sales and marketing meeting. I'd be going to sales and say, look, I can't have this person just hitting up my designer directly. Is there mm-hmm. is there a deck need? Am I hearing that there's a deck need that we have? Because like we've just did six decks over the last eight months for you all, and we're still not using it. So let's have that like back to what we talked about at the beginning. It's always like peeling back all those layers and saying like, what's the actual issue? Oh, the actual issue is that they think the deck is shit, and so they're not using it, and so we need to make a new deck. It's not about this deck and this one off thing. It's like always something deeper that that like that. Good call outs. All right, I'm gonna go to a, another one. That's I think going to be kind of like a hot take question. How much or how should marketing teams contribute to cold outbound? I guess maybe we'll start off with like, where does cold outbound live? Should it happen? Any takes? Yeah, it should. I, I should definitely happen. It's not wrong or bad. It's like, should cold, like at a very, in the very simplest form, you can answer it as like, well, if you think it shouldn't happen, then that means that you think that everyone's just going to magically show up in your store. Mm-hmm and buy and so no if i built a good product and there's a strong need for it in this market then like i'm gonna go and tell you about it and i want you to come to us and so i think marketing can support sales in that which is like what does it take for matt to go reach out cold to one of our top customers to a dream account he's got nothing we got no videos we have no case studies we have no decks so like marketing is going to contribute because they're going to give him the goods that's going to make a better outreach but then also in like the highest level do you think cold outbound is easier when people have heard of the company or have never heard of the company? And so in like in the greater sense, like marketing contributes to cold outbound where if like, is cold outbound going to be easier for Shopify or for some new e-commerce startup that you've never heard of? It's going to be much easier for Shopify. So I think marketing also contributes to overall like awareness and how many people know this company. And then the other part is like the sales enablement. What am I arming Matt with to actually go out to start these conversations. Yeah, I think if you have a pretty narrowly defined ICP like we do, it's part of our job to make sure as many people as possible just know roughly what we do. They might not know our exact sales pitch, mm-hmm. but they know Chili Piper, they know roughly what we do so that when you do reach out to them and get their attention, it's it should be that much easier to get them on the phone. Do, do you all have a way of measuring that, by the way? Just do you mention it? Like, is that, is that a metric that you're focused on or is it more of just a feeling type thing? It's more of a feeling. I'm working on figuring out some kind of metric for it, but... We're basically broadly targeting people that we know could work with us. And I don't have a total number, but... Yeah, the metric's really hard, honestly. We look at ICP fit companies that visit our website. Of course, we clearly has the tech to do that. So that's how we sort of... Oh, got it. So so, so you you, you like... uh, Of the universe of customers that you can sell, you can look at a, a number... Like what? What would that measure be? Is it is it a percentage? Is it a num- Like what? What is it actually? That's yeah. That's we've done example. it. We've done it in a couple ways. Like sometimes it's just traffic that we're looking at. Is it going up? What's happening there? But then we've also done it in like percent engaged. Right. We have sort of we've had our view of who do we actually want to sell to? Like all the possible accounts, twenty thousand or whatever it is. And then we're looking at over the last quarter how many of those have actually engaged with us in some form. It could Got be it. A, a visit to the site if we can identify them. It could be a form fill. It could be, you know, attendance at some event that we've been at, whatever it is. But you're kind of monitoring that they had an action. This account had an action. Oh, cool. Past. So it's like it's like it's like be like coverage. Like if this is these yeah. are the ten thousand companies we want to sell to in June, only two thousand of those ten thousand companies came to our website. You could get something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and your to goal a degree. is to grow that every month, or how do you set the goals? Yeah, we we haven't been really good at the goals on it. Like we've been monitoring and measuring and sort of looking at it. We haven't really oh. figured out the goal piece mm. to it directly, right? I think we we should and we need to. I also feel like we started out with maybe a little bit too broad. Like it was just a little too many accounts. We sort of mm-hmm. need to narrow it down to a smaller number, you know, like measuring say like 20, 25,000 or whatever, okay, 500 new accounts came in the past month. Well, that percentage is just going it, to, it's not a lot of change, mm-hmm. right? So, okay, 2.3 versus 2.4, doesn't matter, right? Cool. I think that's a great answer. I guess, Matt, for you, AE's doing cold outbound. Any? Yeah, I mean. Any asks? I always look at like, you know, we have, so we have a hunter farmer model 
and for the hunters, you know, you own prospecting. Like I even position like what the SDRs do is gravy. Like your job is to break into the account. And yeah, inbound is going to help and you're going to get SDR support and especially marketing. Like when I think about this is our ABM team who's just outstanding, organized, but I don't like get so involved in, you know, the programs and some AEs are, are better than others. They look at this like, like, oh, Gabe can help me do like, you know, maybe a mailer or, you know, we can actually do an event in an area where my target account is or target accounts. And so I really kind of like step back out of it. And then, you know, sometimes I get the reps like, well, marketing is helping Bob with this and this. And then why? It was like, well, Bob took the initiative. And, and I love that. Bob, Those are my favorite types of people to work with. And that's when I feel most aligned to sales is like when the sales counterpart, whether it's a rep or a VP or whoever is like, here's an idea. Like I have an idea. Like you're the one talking to customers all day. You know what's working. You know what's not. You know what where the shit conversations come from. I, I love that stuff. Like, hey, we should do an event. Like we have this heavy customers in this area. We should do an event. Awesome. And, and what do you think the content should be? Well, you know how we did it? Like working together like that, that is where the magic happens of this. And so I, I love that example, Matt, like and how you can that's a perfect example of how you should be able to push each other. And I think when the relationship is toxic, the marketing person's like, you know what, Matt, let me worry about the events. Let me worry about the events. We're like, <laughs> when it's a good relationship, I'm like, shoot, that would be a great idea. Let's see how we can test that. And then by the way, when you go and do that, and then the sales team sees you do that, and then it works, then it's like, you know what? I kind of like marketing. I kind of like, like, you know, we're in this together. I think that's a very important piece of this. Yeah. Um, I but love that call out. Yeah, It's a mindset of always going to the meeting and it's like, okay, how can I help this person to help me? Like, if you go in this mindset, like what, and like some people just have this mindset, they're like, okay, like, you know, they're like, how, I'm going to have all these people do stuff for me and I'm not going to have to do anything. And there are just people like that. Like, they're all saying like how these people can help me. But like, I really try to coach my team. Like, you've got to go in the mindset of like, the more I can help Gabe, the more she's going to help me. Like, yeah, you've got to get the people and you've got to figure out their email address and maybe even help find the space where we do it. But like, if you do those little things, Gabe's going to even be more inclined to help you because she likes working with you. Like it's, and then I just, I tell other people, I'm like, you're not helping to help you. <laughs> They're helping. Love it. All right. We're at time. That was a really easy hour, y'all. Great conversation. Yeah. Thanks for joining in. It was great. Love it. Appreciate you all. Thanks, Ed. Cool. Thanks, Colin. Well, then. Yeah, see you, Tara. See you, Matt. See you, Colin. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Exit 5 podcast. If you're in B2B marketing and you want to grow your career, you should also go and check out everything that we have over at exit5.com. We've got articles, we've got videos, we've got templates. Plus, we have a community, a community of over 4,000 B2B marketing pros. Whether you're deep in your career and want to connect with your peers or just starting up and you want a place to go where you can see what people are talking about, get smarter about B2B marketing in your own time to grow your career and help grow your company, go and check it out. It's exit5.com. You can get on the email list there. You can join the community. There's 4,000 marketers in the community. We have a job board. We're always adding new stuff. It's really becoming the number one place you can go if you want to grow your career and learn more about B2B marketing outside of what you're doing inside of your company every day. So check it out, exit5.com. And I also want to make sure I give a shout out to my friends at Hatch. That's hatch.fm. They produce this podcast. It sounds amazing because of the work that they do. And they work with B2B companies just like yours. They offer unlimited podcast editing and strategy for businesses. You can get unlimited podcast editing and on-demand strategy for a low monthly cost. All you got to do is just upload your episode and they take care of the rest. Go and check them out. It's hatch.fm. Hello, hello, hello. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. If you share a pipeline goal with your sales team, then you care about the deliverability of your team's outbound emails. No email visibility means no chance to get that meeting. This is the silent nightmare for marketers. We often don't even know that this is happening. The most common cause of it, it's actually an easy one to fix. You're not using the right tool. That's why hundreds of marketers at companies like Mutiny are switching to Apollo.io. Apollo has every tool you need to power your entire outbound and inbound motions. Yep, that's right. I said inbound emails too. You can ask their team about what that is. 
Marketers using Apollo have seen outbound email deliverability jump from 62% to 98% after making the switch. 98%, that means more replies, more meetings, and of course, more pipeline. Want to see what type of results you can get with Apollo? Head over to apollo.io slash e5, apollo.io slash e5. If you go there right now, their team will set you up with a free account for you. And as a thank you for your time, check this out. You're going to get a free annual membership to Exit 5. That's valued at $275 just for checking them out. And the tool is free. If you're not already a member, this is a great opportunity. And if you are and you want to learn more, go to apollo.io slash e5.